this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Now, the Indian Prime Minister, along with the Indian delegation, is in Johannesburg for the 15th BRICS Summit. It will be the first in-person BRICS summit after three consecutive years of virtual meetings because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And just like the other world leaders, Prime Minister Modi is also being greeted by dancers from South Africa doing the native dance. Before we zoom out and see the global, uh, through the global lens, of course, let's speak about uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa and South Africa. Now, this is being painted as a summit that could, in a way, push not just domestically but also internationally South Africa's uh, intentions and, of course, Cyril Ramaphosa's influence on the global scale, especially at a time when South Korea's economy is not doing very well, especially in the post-pandemic era. So, how do you think Cyril Ramaphosa is going to push for that narrative? Definitely, um, you know, South Africa's economy hasn't been doing well, uh, to, uh, not doing very well, especially after the COVID-19 pandemic. And South Africa is not, uh, you know, not uh, loosening on that. They're going to take every bit of opportunity to address not just the BRIC forum, but also send out a okay. very strong uh, message to the Tuesday, 22 May, the year of 2023. We want to show you um, the um, the scale of this BRICS meeting, the Global South, now in open revolt against the um, against the G7 because of the mismanagement by the G7. Remember that place is infested with our enemies, but they're also people that should be or used to be our allies, including India. And as I said, uh, India just crossed a trade, a million barrels of oil with UAR, two of our best allies throughout the world, MBZ, Mohammed bin Zayed at UAE, and Modi at India. First time in history, India crossed a trade on a million barrels of oil using rupees, not petrodollars. Hello, little shot across the bow there, a little love tap, just to let you know they're paying attention. Dr. Athair, I got Athair and Ben on uh, Harnwell uh, to walk through the geopolitics of all this. And I want to go to uh, Dr. Thayer. First, your assessment. You got some very specific. You got a great piece up about Taiwan and the centrality of Taiwan into our uh, strategy of the defense of the United States. But I want to ask you your thoughts. She's there like a conquering hero. I mean, this morning on the show, we juxtaposed she in uh, in uh, Durban. And he he's he comes like a like the king with Biden in Maui being mocked and ridiculed by American citizens. Uh, Maui, not normally known as a, a hotbed of MAGA going ultra MAGA. Uh, your your assessment of this uh, of the Durban uh, conference in the opening of it and that it's it's drive and direction 
uh, by the Chinese Communist Party, sir. Well, Steve, it's great to join you uh, today. Uh, it's a very important event, uh, principally first because uh, what it demonstrates, Xi is attempting to establish uh, his own alliance network, his own alliance structure uh, to balance uh, the U.S. and the alliances that the United States had forged in World War II, maintained in the Cold War, and in the post-Cold War period that are now beginning to unravel under uh, uh, the pressure from uh, Xi Jinping's determined effort uh, to establish a new order, a new world order, uh, which is in direct opposition, of course, to everything in the West, everything that the U.S. and the British created at the outset of the Cold War and sustained. Um, and so uh, that's a very important uh, development. Secondly, it's significant, too, because it's taking place in South Africa. That shows Xi Jinping's attempting to reach out, of course, as he always does, to um, uh, states in the global south, right, what we used to call the third world, uh, and to show purportedly Chinese uh, support there. But it's important to keep in mind uh, that those efforts are, are not going to be successful because uh, the BRICS coalition is one which is inherently unstable. India and China are rivals. Uh, and that is something which is not, um, there's a tremendous uh, centrifugal tendency there, not a centripetal uh, uh, tendency there uh, because of the tensions that they have with each other. So New Delhi and Beijing are, are going to be um, have their knives at each other's throats. Uh, they have historically, and that's going to continue. Uh, but recognizing that, nonetheless, it's still a very significant development because he's chipping away at our diplomacy, our alliance network. And as you've stressed consistently, Steve, uh, at the economic foundations, really, of uh, much of the American economy and the um, international economic order, the monetary regime, the trade regimes uh, that the United States created and has sustained. Uh, he wants to destroy those because he recognizes those are pillars of our strength, pillars of our power, and he's determined to do so. Okay, I want to get into monetary and trade regimes in a moment. Uh, and I want to get into the Commerce Department. We're, we've begun the bailout of the Chinese Communist Party. Even before she goes over, the Commerce Secretary, because they were looking for an olive branch. They're looking for an olive branch. And she's already given them, taking restrictions off 27 companies. Does that look like an olive branch they're offering down in Durban? That's a mailed fist. Okay? Right in your mouth. I want to talk about alliance structure. People would argue that the reason that the, the British are not, the pound is not the prime reserve currency, sir, is that the British overplayed their hand and got sucked into to, to basically a century or half a century of brutal war to defend the empire, which eviscerated uh, their, um, their male population. And, and they've never recovered from that. And the reason is that the alliance structure they had at the beginning of the First World War actually, and then the, they kept in the Second World War, actually caused them more problems than they're worth. That, that, that if you don't really think through these alliance structures, they end up being bigger problems than they, they were. And I've argued for a long time, NATO, you know, the United States doesn't have an alliance structure. The United States has a system of protectorates, whether that's in NATO and Western Europe, the, the, the Gulf Emirates and Israel, the uh, and and then you get around to the the the, collateral, the uh, littoral nations of the South China Sea, and then up to the Northwest Pacific. It's a series of protectorates of which we don't extract the maximum economic value to actually pay for it. 
So is the alliance structure, when you talk about alliance structure, you got a brilliant piece in about Taiwan. Is the alliance structure, first off, did the Brits have before World War One? Is my theory of the case correct, that their alliance structure, where they kind of slept, that, you know, the, they were the sleepwalkers, they kind of sleepwalked in to a punch in the mouth in the 20th century, thinking they had it covered when the elites actually didn't have it covered? Well, they did indeed. I mean, the, the, uh, Britain's problem really comes down to the fact that it was uh, too small to continue running the world uh, in the 20th century. And you had the rise of the United States and the rise of Russia uh, and Germany, Russia, then the Soviet Union, which really showed that uh, power had been redistributed in international politics. The distribution of power was in Washington, it was in Moscow, uh, and it was in Berlin. And it wasn't in London so much anymore. You also want to keep in mind the rise of nationalism and how you had nationalist movements in India, for example, the British Raj, which really undermined uh, the, um, uh, the, essentially the price of empire uh, for the British. And then there was their colonial trade system, uh, which really was not a free market, but it was, as you know, Steve, the Commonwealth, which became uh, the Commonwealth, which favored trade within it, not free trade, but really trade within it. So there were some deep problems that the British had uh, that uh, cost them, uh, in essence, their empire. But fundamentally, it comes down to power. And what we're seeing now with Xi Jinping is his effort to capitalize on the power that we gave him, again, because it was the West, it was the United States that funded and essentially supported uh, the CCP uh, and um, brought them into the World Trade Organization and just added rocket fuel uh, to their growth. He's now taking that power uh, and He's using it against him because he's a dyed-in-the-wool communist who's determined to destroy uh, the United States and, and the Western uh, order. So it's very important to keep that in mind. And what we're witnessing is that we in the United States are doing everything we can to shed our power, to give it to the fact that the Secretary of Commerce would be going to Beijing to help save the Chinese Communist Party is lunacy, it's, it's uh, strategic idiocy, uh, and it shows everything that's wrong uh, with the elites uh, in um, uh, the Western elites and essentially the World Economic Forum worldview. It's absolutely the wrong thing to do. We should put, we should put our foot on their throat. Now that they've got uh, tremendous vulnerabilities, we should capitalize upon it to do everything we can to maximize our power at their expense, and instead we're doing the reverse. Uh, it's lunacy, absolute lunacy. Uh, but it, of course, it's you talk, there talk intent, and that's there is an intent behind it's, it's, it. Let's. I, I want to go to the Taiwan as a central to the American grand strategy here, and that if we don't do that, in your theory of the case of the alliances, uh, that the entire world, because you see them in Durban right now, they're all the the global South is there. And quite frankly, they think the United States is feckless. They think the United States is, uh, you know, is is can't be counted on in the crunch. Uh, that's what our enemies are saying. And of course, America first. We're not isolationist, but we don't want a global system of protectorates. We want real allies that really pull their weight and also pull their weight in the fact that we have trade deals that work for both sides, not just the continual working for capital at the detriment 
to labor here in the country. So walk me through your theory of the case in this Taiwan situation. Sure. I just gave you an argument on the distribution of power. And what our allies do is they give China a multiple front war problem. South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, India, the U.S., we greatly complicate Beijing's strategic planning with the alliance networks that we have. So Jim Fennell and I wrote a piece in uh, The American Greatness, it's up today, that really uh, teased out the six reasons Taiwan is important for the United States. And we're going to uh, obviously regret it if it were to fall uh, to uh, the aggression of the Chinese Communist Party, which they're absolutely determined to conquer uh, uh, Taiwan. Taiwan's got a great economy. Secondly, chip production, as you've stressed time and again. Thirdly, it means that Japan and South Korea are going to be in a very difficult situation if Taiwan falls uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, the PRC. Um, and that's going to put stress them. Fourth, our other allies, including uh, the Philippines, are going to fall under the shadow of an emboldened PRC. And Japan is going to be forced to make really hard choices about whether it acquires nuclear weapons uh, or not uh, and its uh, future direction. Fifth, there are also other treaty allies that are going to be affected, Australia, uh, Kingdom of uh, Thailand uh, as well. All of these states, again, complicate China's uh, strategic uh, calculus. And then if China has Taiwan as a base, they're going to be able to project power at Guam much more effectively uh, in, in the South Pacific against Hawaii, Alaska, and the United States uh, itself. It really removes the cork in the bottle. Uh, for the People's Republic of China, and that's something they want very much. They're going to have access to uh, the ocean, Steve, and they're going to have control of the South China Sea and East China Seas, uh, which you know they want uh, very much and they're desperate uh, to, uh, uh, to establish. So a world where we lose Taiwan uh, is a much different world, and it's one which is far worse than us, which is why we need to deter uh, the PRC's any effort to attack Taiwan, and that has to be done right now, and the Biden administration is not doing it. So this is inviting aggression. It's a very dangerous, very dangerous situation. The sins of the father are visited on the son. We're having a conversation, and it's, it's got certain elements that are slightly different, but not centrally different, than the strategic discussions that were being thought through back in the 1920s, over 100 years ago, the control of China. This, the Second World War, essentially, in the Pacific, was about that. The, the war, remember, World War II is taught, in a, wrong, it's not taught correctly to Americans. Americans think that World War II was uh, Pearl Harbor, um, Normandy, the Holocaust, and Hiroshima. That's it. And if you ask any kids or school kids, that's basically no. World War II was a massive conflict over the heartland of the world island, the Eurasian landmass. The attacks by the, the, the Imperial Japan and the fascists, obviously into Russia, against the Russian people and against the, this, the fight for China against, with the, uh, against by Imperial Japan and the kind of the collapse of the, of the warlord movement in, uh, in China. And here, 100 years later, it's essentially at its core of it, 
the same thing. And here's the sins of the father. The West, the oligarchs, and let me say it, the white supremacists and, uh, and, and, and white oligarchs have never had enough faith in the Chinese people, Lao Beijing, to be able to control their own fate, to have democracy, to have freedom, to have liberty. They've always been in back of and supporting the totalitarian rule of the Chinese people. They have done it. And we're paying for those sins today. We're paying for those sins today. That was FDR and, uh, and Truman's State Department and national security apparatus that essentially gave it to Mao Zedong. That was Bush, the Bush, first Bush junta, junta number one, that bailed out Deng Xiaoping when the, when the criminal element, the Chinese Communist Party, had their backs to the wall after the goddess of liberty was presented at Tiananmen Square. And the blood was still, was when the blood had not even been mopped off the pavement, Scowcrafts over there to craft Bush's new world order, which the slave labor of Lao Beijing would be the centerpiece economically. To the, to the, to, to the benefits of the capitalist on Wall Street and the industrialist, to the detriment of the working class people in this country. That's the history of the last hundred years. That's the history. And if you look at what's happening today, it is, it is, when I'm up at night and going through these documents and news stories and analysis and reports people are sending me, it's shocking to the degree that we're replaying World War II in the Pacific all over again. And as a young man back in the 1970s on a destroyer in the South China Sea, with, with that still historic element, World War II was still very much in people's minds when you went to these places. In the United States, it had kind of been forgotten about. It was in war, where you see Patton or you see some movie. There, it was still a lived experience. When she came to Mar-a-Lago, the most passionate talks he had were about World War II and about his family in World War II and what happened with the Japanese and the Chinese in World War II. The sins of the father are visited upon the son. And the lack of faith in Lao Beijing to manage their own affairs once again comes to comes to comes to us and we have to make a decision and we can't let the oligarchs and we can't let the capitalists and we can't let the wall street barons decide our fate bradley thayer hang on you're seeing this in ukraine please tell me i want all the opponents and enemies media matters all of them go back go back and look at every second of this show from back in what january february 22 and we told you exactly what was going to happen in Ukraine. And now another horrific, almost incomprehensible that this could happen among enlightened people in the 21st century. A charnel house, a bloodbath. All driven by the same elements that have the Secretary of Commerce getting on a plane to bail. Think about it. With a trillion dollar real estate problem, a complete fiasco on their hands, and they're in Durban, South Africa working their best to come up with an alternative currency to kill us as the prime reserve currency, our mortal enemies, the Chinese Communist Party. We, we are literally, the he, headline Politico, we're offering, or in Bloomberg, we're offering an olive branch, an olive branch, the Secretary of Commerce. We've taken 27 companies off the, off the list. Ben Harnwell, how is it working for the oligarchs and the Biden regime in the, in the killing fields 
of Ukraine, because you think it was bad in Cambodia after the Vietnam War, stand by for what's going to happen here. How, how, how's, how's the regime, how regime politics doing in Ukraine to, today, Ben Harnwell? Well, Steve, they're going pretty badly. Morale is falling. I'll talk about that a little bit later. And the counteroffensive is, is bogging down and not going anywhere. And of course, questions are being asked. I, I, I've got a couple of uh, developments I, I'll go through shortly. Um, but questions are obviously being asked about how long the West is going to continue financing the war if the counteroffensive isn't going anywhere. And you know, all these questions are coming back to what the GOP's position is going to be um, focused uh, on uh, the presidential debate tomorrow. And then, of course, President Trump's side uh, one-man interview, one-man show with uh, Tucker Carlson. So I, th I think that that will be a frame of reference for everybody right now. That's where most conversations seem to be heading to find out how that unravels. Um, Steve, there, there is something I, I wouldn't mind uh, just talking to you about, though. Um, and I've got a couple of, of pieces, you know, because we're always talking about uh, we want to know what the intelligence community is thinking. We need to read the, the Langley Bugle, um, otherwise known as the Washington Post. And you know, we 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 hit yesterday a couple of articles um, that is just ind indicative of the pivot that's going on. And I have I have some more here. This is just just constantly now. It's day by day, drip by drip. Um, and because this is the Washington Post, and this is uh, presumed to be a favourite. Um, source for the, uh, for the CIA just to get ideas out. It's very indicative of what uh, the, the, the American regime is thinking. That's obviously leading everything here in the world. So there's, to, to, if I might just go to, to the first article here. Um, thanks very much, Memphis. I'll just give out some, some quick um, extracts of this article. It talks about that the counteroffensive is showing signs of stalling. Um, it flags up um, an article, again, with the Washington Post that we did hit on the show last week, but we're going to come back to that shortly about the, the, the classified U.S. intelligence uh, report, which had, um, had been leaked. The, it says here that the, that the Ukrainian public, this is directly a response to the question that you asked me about you know, the Ukrainian regime. It refers to the Ukrainian people as a war-weary Ukrainian public and eager for leaders to secure victory, um, and that's sort of now. So we're now starting to be told that because before we just had the non-stop propaganda that in in Ukraine it's it's absolutely gung ho and patriotism and and what have you. And now uh, we're being slowly sort of uh, as, as this pivot unfolds, we're being informed ever more accurately as to what the situation is um, on the ground there public opinion-wise, and now we're told that, that the Ukrainians are, are well, really, it, in it, the, the rest of this article just basically talks about the, the general sense of attrition now, that the, this is a war of attrition between both sides, which is in Russia's interest, which of course it is. Um, but one thing that the Washington Post doesn't mention when it says that this is a war of attrition is that to, to maintain a war of attrition is costly and expensive. Now, for various reasons we don't need to go into, Russia's in a better position, Vladimir Putin's in a better position to absorb the costs of that. Because in the West we're more directly democratic, um, that's going to be more difficult to sustain, especially if 
the counter offensive is stalled and it's not going anywhere. So um, that was one. The second thing I would like to talk to, which ties into the first, I think it illustrates this, this point I'm making about how this pivot is unfolding, is another article, again with the Washington Post, um, they ought to be giving us a percentage, I think, for, for, for the, all the analysis we're doing um, of, of their coverage. And um, here's this, this headline, Ukraine's hopes for maximal victory look remote. And it's the same sort of thing here, talking um, that the gains have only been incremental, no matter the billions of dollars of Western aid invested in preparing Ukraine's push to reclaim lost territory. Articles like this, Steve, are very much... Uh, now, finally, after one and a half years, they're very much mirroring uh, the, the general analysis that we've had on the war room, which is very encouraging to know. Um, only, only that we got there sort of considerably uh, beforehand. There is yeah, but, here, but, 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 hang, is... but hang on, but hang on, hang, hang on. Uh, only re- look when you call it the land league bugle, it's only a little bit tongue in cheek. The Washington Post is getting this from. This is how the security apparatus, the intelligence apparatus gets the word out to craft narrative now they're all about it's the ukrainians fault they didn't follow our thing they're, they're going to downplay what the expectations were 90 days ago all you heard was offensive they're going to take crimea we're going to crimea look at msnbc how can the msnbc and i think people ought to think about the ukrainian people ought to think about class action suits against some of these people seriously about what they did and, and the lies they told and you can get their emails get their text messages they knew they were lying at the time you got this piece in the Washington Post about a couple of days ago, and they talk about being in the classified briefings with Republicans and Democrats, and all of a sudden the finger pointing starts. This is all an exercise. You're going through late Vietnam here, where you know there can't be a military solution, but they kept pouring kids in there. How many kids died after they knew they couldn't win the war? This is the thing about the Pentagon Papers. The reason the Pentagon Papers infuriated the working class and middle class was the lies and misrepresentations in Vietnam, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and now in Ukraine. The lies and misrepresentations of, guess what? People whose sons and daughters don't go to the Charnel House. Are Zelensky or any of the fat cats in Kiev or any of these generals taking the money, are they going to, are their kids dying on the battlefield out there? I don't think so. I think they may be in college out in um, maybe Oxford or Cambridge. Short commercial break. Thayer and Harnwell about geopolitics. Dr. Swain is here to set us right on CRT, ESG, DEI, all of it. Next in the war room. As central banks and countries like China, India, Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the United States of America. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans reach out to Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held tax sheltered in a retirement account. Remember, gold held in your tax sheltered retirement account. Learn if gold is right for you. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 298-9898. That's Bannon, 989898. And Birch Gold will send you a free information kit today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, 
thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold has been helping my listeners and viewers from the very beginning of the show. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold because of a central bank digital currency becomes reality. It'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. Canadian wildfire smoke has blanketed the United States, reaching as far as our southern states. And with wildfire season in full swing nationwide, toxic smoke is threatening our health. EnviroCleanse is military-grade air purification that's now available for your home. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty in breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That is how you keep your family healthy. And this is why the Department of Defense chosen Viracleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And only Viracleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air or you get your money back. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use code STEVE for 10% off your Viracleanse air purification unit. You'll also receive the free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's 150 bucks saving. Now visit ekpure.com, ekpure.com, code word Steve, 
ekpure.com, code word Steve, take action, use your agency. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, um, I've got the duo of Thayer and Harnwell. Uh, ben, uh, any of any other analysis before I go back to Dr. Thayer? Absolutely, Steve. You were just saying before the break how um, Western leaders have been lying in their, uh, in their messaging regarding Ukraine, and that's absolutely true. What surprised me was that this article here in the Washington Post, which, as I say, we refer to um, slightly tongue-in-cheekly, but not totally as the, the Langley Bugle, to find that analysis repeated here in the pages of the Washington Post, because there's a very lead here in this article, which says that in public, Western politicians and diplomats have embraced Ukraine's vision, reiterating that their governments would back Ukraine in its defence for as long as it takes. But in private, Washington Post points out, conversations are darker and more sceptical, with many officials gloomy about Ukraine's prospects to expel the Russian invaders. So it, it, here's, again, sort of the CIA pushing out this insight that when Western politicians and diplomats are coming on telling us everything's great and we're in there for the long term, you know, in Ukraine, will sit and dictate the terms. They, as even as they're saying this, they know it's not true. And I think that's sort of an interesting point from the Washington Post that corroborates exactly what you were just saying. Um, Dr. Thayer, I mean, how can you take this regime when they knowingly, and right now they're knowingly putting uh, Ukrainian young men into a battlefield that they realize they can't. That's why we're having these mutinies in the field that they can't win. They can't achieve their objectives. And this is just slaughter now. At the same time, you have the global South in total revolt because they're, 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 the way they run their finances is destroying everybody and killing the purchasing power of the dollar. At the same time, they have a, the, the Bloomberg's that they're reaching out with an olive branch to our sworn enemies. The, the people that are in back of the CCP, the stirring the pot in the, at, at the BRICS conference, trying to come up with any alternative to the U.S. dollar. We're, we're now, this, and this is not Gateway Pundit. It's not Breitbart. It's not Revolver or National Pulse. It's Bloomberg that the administration, by taking the Commerce Secretary on a plane, going to go out and kowtow to them in Beijing, is offering an olive branch to bail out an economy that's imploding. How can anybody trust this regime on anything, Dr. Thayer? Well, fundamentally, they can't. I mean, this is, this is the old regime, uh, Steve, trying to sustain itself when the world has changed. Uh, so what they did in the past isn't going to work anymore because the fundamental conditions uh, have changed. Look, what's happening in South Africa is monumental. Um, the PRC's aggression against the Philippines is happening now at Second Thomas Shoal, and it's a continuation of uh, the PRC's efforts to control uh, South China Sea, East China Sea, and, and, and move beyond that. This, the PRC also is committing genocide, right? One the gross human rights abuses uh, against the Chinese people. Um, the genocide directed against Muslims, Kyrgyz, Kazakh, and Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang uh, is happening right now. 
So the regime doesn't care about Muslim genocide that the, that Beijing, that the Chinese Communist Party is uh, is committing. They don't care about the territorial expansion, and they don't care that Beijing is attempting to create a new alliance structure, pulling all of the pillars uh, uh, from underneath uh, uh, the United States. And fundamentally, they don't, because uh, I, I think fundamentally they're captured by this desire to go back to the way it was, this desire to keep exploiting Americans, the Chinese people, people around the world, uh, so that they can continue to make their profits and we can continue to invest uh, in China. The habits that they created over the last generation, Steve, because this has been going on a long time, uh, are very difficult for them to break. Uh, but we are at another Tiananmen moment, uh, really, where if we are able to put the um, Chinese Communist Party under pressure this time in a way that we didn't in 1989 with the Tiananmen Square massacre, we might have the chance of forcing them from power. And that would be an unalloyed positive uh, good without, without question. Xi Jinping knows this. He knows how vulnerable he is which is why he's doing everything he can to act now while Biden is still in office, because he recognizes he can get away with almost anything, uh, seemingly, while this administration is uh, in office. But the clock is ticking, obviously, on Biden, whether it's going to be Newsom or Obama or whether it's uh, Trump uh, returns to office, of course, remains to be seen. But any administration is going to be uh, I think, uh, far more attuned to America's national security interests uh, than the Biden administration uh, has been. The regime is just this chock is, uh, full. They're just chock full of folks yeah, who, you know, 30 years ago, yeah. you might have made this argument, but this, this time, the history has moved beyond this. No, and their hands are all over this. That's why they've been taking money from them. Obviously, Biden is compromised. These two fights that are coming, and they're coming in September. Number one is no more money for Ukraine. That's going to be a huge fight as far as this whole budget and passing the 30 September clock ticking. The other is no bailouts for CCP. They're going to try to do every backdoor bailout in the world with Wall Street, the Commerce Department, all of it. And we are all over this. No bailouts to our enemies. Dr. Thayer, how do people get your writings? It's, you're unbelievable and be on top of all this. Where do people go to get you? Uh, CenterForSecurityPolicy.org uh, is a great place. I'm on Truth and uh, a Getter at uh, Bradley Fair. Thank you, Steve. And, Cap and Captain Fennell is one of the most informed individuals in the world on this situation. So they're always great when he's your wingman. He's outstanding. Thank you, brother. Uh, ben, he's amazing. Ben, uh, and by the way, he put his, he, he's a man of action. He put his entire career on the line when he called this out 10 years ago, or even longer ago now, I think 12 years ago. Ben, where do people go to get uh, your analysis, sir? Thanks so much, Steve. Bannon's War Room on Rumble, warroom.org, registering for the newsletter, or on Getter, uh, which is where I do my microblogging. Simply tap in my surname there. We, Harnwell, we, uh, we, need, we, we need you to sign up for this newsletter. You're going to get great insights every day from Ben, Natalie, the whole team. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Um, two other things. Go to Birch Gold. Totally free. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. Get everything you need to know about being the prime reserve currency, the end of the dollar empire, the pricey on um, Durban, 
Also gives you a tee up for the Jackson Hole meetings, the central bank meetings. You can ask the question, why are the central banks throughout the world buying gold at record rates in 22 and 23? And why the Federal Reserve is focused on a digital currency? Why is the rest of the world focused on gold and we're focused on a digital currency? Ask that question to Philip Patrick and the team. Also, Jace Medical. Remember the Jace Medical team, uh, Dr. Rowland, uh, you saw that they were the ones that acted upon uh, Rosemary Gibson's warning to America about supply chains when it comes to active pharmaceutical ingredients and generic drugs. The CCP has an iron grip on that. And yes, they will use that. They will take advantage of every piece of strategic benefit they have. And that's one. So make sure you go to jacemedical.com today and find out how you can make sure that you're not caught up in this mess, that there's no possibility you're caught up in this mess. Dr. Carol Swain, uh, we have enemies abroad, ma'am, and we have enemies within. The adversity of diversity is your kind of uh, magnum opus about where we actually stand with all this. I want to play a quick cold open for Morning Joe and then have you respond. The Iowa voters are deeply religious. Oh, they're twenty Christian evangelicals. Are, oh, they're the most. If you go to Iowa, they love Jesus Don't so much. No. We've been hearing that well, it is since Pat Robertson won in nineteen eighty-eight, yeah. or maybe okay. he's in second. I don't know. Maybe he won. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember. But we've been hearing they're so righteous. Oh. Now, what do we find out? They trust a, a, a four-time indicted reality TV show host who a New York judge called a rapist who bragged about uh, sexually molesting women, saying that it's a way it's always been, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, he doesn't know whether it's good or not. Twice as many of these voters. Porn star. Porn star payoff illegal. You know, I'm talking like I'm talking like 41. Porn star payoff illegal. Uh, But now twice as many of them basically say we trust that guy over a minister of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And scene. Go, Gene. No, I mean, it's just amazing. What, what those numbers suggest is that a whole lot of people in Iowa are going to hell, right? Oh. I mean, they are not, they are not going to be redeemed. He's joking, Iowa people. That is an incredible figure from that poll that, that people trust Trump over their oh, clergy. And, you, and it does make you wonder, like, what are you, uh, you know, how are you thinking of of your Christianity? How are you thinking of your faith um, uh, to, to get to, to that point? Okay, I want to be the first on the record to say that Dr. Carol Swain did not write that script for, for, for Morning Joe. Dr. Swain did not write that, although that almost seems scripted. It was so good. Dr. Carol Swain, they're talking about the poll, the, the survey from the, the, the the Omaha paper, which is or the Des Moines uh, Register, which is the definitive poll that shows Trump not just with a dominant lead, but when they broke it down by 70 percent of, of of deeply religious people would trust Trump over, I think, 40 percent would trust their religious leaders. What say you, ma'am? First of all. You have my blood boiling. Those people <laughs> are just so arrogant and they don't understand Christianity uh, they don't understand the fact that if we want to talk Christianity, 
that Jesus died for the broken and the people that it's a come as you are religion. No one has to be perfect to be a Christian. God has always used the most unlikeliest people. And those Christians who trust Donald Trump, they trust him because he's almost always right. And there are people that believe God raised him up to expose what was hidden in this country. And as far as the clergy, the left has infiltrated so many churches. There's so many churches that are woke uh, and they're so afraid of Christian nationalism. And Christian nationalism was something the left came up with to keep the uh, Christians out of politics because they know that if Christians were to rise up and vote according to biblical values, they would be able to dramatically change this country. So what they have done is to take mostly the young woke pastors and some of the older ones that like money and persuaded them that they shouldn't be involved in politics. Dr. Swain, the reason I want to play that cold open, those are essentially the people that, that you bring up in the uh, adversity of diversity. Those are our lords and masters, both in the in the corporate side, the academic side, the government side, that it forces diversity on us. And you can see how they mock and ridicule. They consider Christians and biblical values to be the values of uh, of uh, drones and, and stooges. Uh, your, 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 your thoughts and observations. Well, first of all, they are doing a great job of brainwashing a lot of our young people. And colleges and universities are, are not safe places for many of our youth because when they get there, they're going to be treated with contempt often by uh, individuals just like those commentators. And I hate to report, you know, to Christians in the audience that some of the religious schools, some of the traditionally Christian colleges and universities, they have faculty that are not believers. Uh, they hold Bible-believing Christians like us in contempt. They are very dangerous for us. And to get away from what has my blood boiling to the <laughs> adversity of diversity, uh, you know, the whole point of the U.S. Supreme Court decision striking down race-based discrimination in college admissions, that was a return to the Constitution. That was a return to the Equal Protection Clause. And the Civil Rights Act of 1964 protects all persons against uh, discrimination based on race, sex, national origin, religion. Uh, these are among some of the protections that we have, and that includes white people, that includes Christians, that includes heterosexuals, that includes Americans like us. And so we have constitutional rights, we have civil rights, we need to exercise those. And fortunately, there are some people that are white and Asian that are that are successfully filing and winning million dollar lawsuits against companies and organizations that have discriminated against them. Um. Walk me through. You're tackling this in many different ways. You've got the book. I want to know. I want people to know where they can get the book. You've also got your own news site. I want to take a second and go through that of what you put up, and then you've got your your other writings. So let's talk about first where they get the book, and are you going to be doing book signings? Are you going around? Where can people? Because I know I get it all the time. People want to meet you personally. So let's deal with that first. Tell us about the book. 
how people can get it. And well, are you book, going to be out and about with this so people can actually meet you? I'm definitely going to be out and about uh, uh, signing books and speaking at events. And the book can be purchased from Amazon. They resisted uh, for the longest time, but the book can be purchased from Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, any bookstore. And if you live in Nashville or somewhere in Tennessee, you can get it at Logos Christian Bookstore, where you ha- where you can uh, get copies that are already signed. And I can personalize copies for you and have them shipped anywhere. What but about this book, your, uh, the, uh, and how do people, go ahead, ma'am. Go ahead. Where can people find out if you're going to be speaking or at a a book signing? Because I think people, a lot of people want to get the book, they want to read it, and then they want to ask you questions about it. We post on social media where I will be, and we also have a newsletter. And if you go to carolmswain.com or my other site, bethepeoplenews.com, you can sign up for a newsletter and find out where I'm going to be. But I do take speaking engagements. And as far as uh, what I'm doing, this book, The Adversity of Diversity, builds up, builds on the work that I did in Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House. And I deeply believe that we need to get back to our Constitution, our civil rights laws. Uh, The book argues that we can have diversity without discriminating against anyone. We need to go back to non-discrimination, equal opportunity, recruitment, compliance. Uh, We can have a better world and true uh, racial reconciliation and healing and harmony in the workplace. And organizations can get back to their mission statements. Businesses can get back to the business of business and not do all this social engineering, which has backfired, which has been very costly. And it's gonna be more costlier for them because more and more white and Asian people are going to be suing the businesses that have chosen to discriminate against them. Talk to us about the news site. Where do people go for that? You're posting there all the time. Be the people, be instead of we the people, be the people news.com, be the people news.com. But I am really active on Twitter. And since uh, Elon Musk took over, my numbers have grown and I engage people a lot there. And Steve, I also have to confess that I have not endorsed any uh, presidential candidates. I think it's important for me to be able to speak truth. And I've certainly, um, you know, defended uh, President Trump and I knocked on doors in Philadelphia in 2016 and 2020. But for now, I think it's more important for me to be able to engage everyone. Uh, and and I just have not felt led to endorse a candidate. And once you endorse a candidate, I think it um, hampers your ability to reach people with truth that they need to know. Well, I think it's uh, I think you being neutral right now is absolutely perfect. Dr. Swain, we are going to push this book. People need to read it. And we're also going to push your site. And we look forward to uh, talking about some upcoming events that you're speaking at. Thank you very much for joining us in the war room. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. John Philip Souza. The Pre- El Capitan, the Marine Corps Band, the President's Zone, takes us out. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. here in the war room.
COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 